0: This is Sports
1: Business Radio with Brian Berger.
0: Presented by Postano.
1: Today, Brian talks with Boingo Wireless Senior Vice President Doug Lauder.
2: I think the lines have been drawn. The competition is, you know, the couch versus the stadium. Getting technology into their hands, but also optimizing it, using it, customizing it and constantly trying to
3: innovate and improve upon it.
1: Then Brian sits down with the president of the NBA's Phoenix Suns, Jason Rowley.
3: And what would make more sense than that than giving people the data that they're utilizing? It was almost like kind of an epiphany of this makes the most sense of anything, any promotion we've ever done.
4: Now with Sports Business Radio, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show dedicated to covering the business side of sports. We're happy to be powered by our friends at Pistano. Follow them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. Great show lined up for you this week. First guest is Doug Lauder. He is a senior VP with Boingo Wireless. He's joining me to discuss the exciting news. We announced this week that Boingo Wireless will be the title sponsor For our 2016 sports business radio road shows in the past year, we visited Arizona State for a sit down conversation with Arizona Diamondbacks president Derek Hall. We visited UCLA for a chat with former NBA star turned entrepreneur Baron Davis, and we were at USC. For an insightful conversation with Los Angeles Lakers co-owner and president, Jeannie Buss. As part of this new partnership, Doug and Boingo Technology Partners will join us regularly on Sports Business Radio to discuss their latest sports technologies. I'm excited to have Boingo Wireless on board as our Sports Business Radio Roadshow partner for 2016. Also coming up on the show, Jason Rowley. He is the president of the NBA's Phoenix Suns. I'm a native of Phoenix, so I've always had a fond place in my heart for the Suns, who were really my first sports love. Jason is going to join me to discuss several things, including the fact that the Suns are one of the first teams in sports to offer fans a data-inclusive ticket plan. So you buy a ticket for a Suns game and you get data for your mobile device. It's really cool. They're doing some other innovative things on the business side. So stay tuned for my conversation with Jason coming up later on today's show. A reminder that our friend Mark King, Adidas Group President for North America, has launched a new podcast. It's called Extraordinary Happens, competing in sports, business, and life. You can find King's conversations with people like Aaron Rodgers, Von Miller, Pam Oliver, and Eric Berry. Uh, He just had a sit-down with Don Garber from MLS on iTunes and SoundCloud. King will join me again in a few weeks here on Sports Business Radio to discuss sports business, Adidas, and his podcast. And the last thing to announce, maybe the biggest news of all this week, Jeff Gordon, NASCAR legend, announced that he will join us for the afternoon featured conversation for the 2016 Sports PR Summit on May 17 at the Players' Tribune. In New York City, very excited to get the elite athlete's perspective on PR. Jeff Gordon is elite as they come, and uh, I've always been a big fan of his and how he's conducted himself. He's now an analyst for NASCAR on Fox. He's made a nice transition to the broadcast booth, so it'll be great to have Jeff Gordon join us on May 17th at the Sports PR Summit at the Players' Tribune. I'm joined by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you?
1: What a week for SBR, man. This is exciting. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, a lot of movers Gordon, and shakers this week. It's great. I mean, Boingo and uh, Jeff Gordon. I mean, that's uh, he. He is such an iconic athlete, and he's crossed across so many avenues of sports and TV and commercials. I mean, everybody knows Jeff Gordon, if you're not, even if you're not an NASCAR fan. So that's a huge get, and uh, I'm just excited. Great week for SPR and uh, some big stuff moving forward.
4: Yeah, I mean, at the Sports PR Summit. So. For those who haven't attended the event, it's invite only 125 senior PR and social media executives from sports. And we really look for the perspective of media members and athletes. And this year, you know, what we've been able to do is add an owner. So Stephen M. Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins is going to join us to share the owner's perspective on PR and media and social media. And now we've got Jeff Gordon, who I really wanted an elite athlete to share his perspective or her perspective on uh, PR and social media and the media. And, you know, we just don't have this conversation. So it's going to be great for both of them to sit down for what I think will be very insightful conversations. I love the Players' Tribune. I love what they're doing. It's going to be a great backdrop in New York. So it's fantastic. And then, like you said, you know, one of the things I enjoy the most on this show, and I know you enjoy it too, Griggs, is when we get out of the studio and we go on the road And we go to university campuses and we sit down with someone like Jeannie Buss or Derek Hall or Don Garber or Baron Davis in front of students. You can just feel the energy on the campus. They ask good questions. And I really love our road show as much as anything that we do. And the fact that Boingo Wireless is going to be a part of that going forward and allow us to take our show on the road to some really cool places. I'm very excited about that.
1: Yeah, the Roadshow is, uh, is a very cool event. And like you said, I think the kids at the universities just love it. And uh, our last one at USC with Jeannie was just phenomenal. And we had a packed house and great questions. And we always get awesome guests that you don't hear um, interviews with these people, you know, on, on the normal mainstream media. Because it's just it's a sit-down. It's, it's very intimate. And we talk about stuff that no one else talks about with them. So it's, it's an exclusive event and very fun. And, uh, and Boingo jumping on is awesome, too, because uh, Doug's a great guy. Uh, I got to meet him at USC. And uh, it's going to be fun moving forward with them.
4: Well, and what Boingo does is they go in and they outfit venues, sports venues, stadiums with Wi-Fi. And, you know, as Doug has told us on the show before, having functional Wi-Fi, fast Wi-Fi, is just as important for a sports venue as having toilets. I mean, it's really a prerequisite now. It's not an option for venues to go, well, do we want to provide Wi-Fi for fans with people engaging on social media, sending tweets, posting pictures on Instagram? It is a must for sports venues, and Boingo Wireless does it better than anyone. So they're going to be able to show off what they do at the university campuses that we visit. So I really feel like it's a good partnership. Speaking of university campuses, Griggs, on Monday of this past week, I had the chance to go down to the University of Oregon, and I was a guest lecturer at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, Really loved it. Uh, the students there are really bright. They're sharp. They have good questions. We did some good exercises around crises PR um, and it was very engaging. Paul Swangard down there, I spoke in his class. I spoke in Declan Bolger's class. Declan works in Major League Soccer. Um, and then I saw Whitney Wagner, who is the Ahead of the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, so you know again, just like we were talking about taking our road show to college campuses there's something about going on to a college campus that energizes me and it was fun being around the students at Oregon for a
1: day yeah, and warsaw's i mean what a great uh, a great program there and a great uh, building and a great setup for the University of Oregon um, students and like you said it is the, the students just get a, get a vibe it gets it gets people excited they 're pumped up they 're excited to be there. And, uh, it's fun. And I saw some of your pictures were great. Looks like the class had a fun time. You must not have, you must not have blown it too bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
4: five hours, man. I went, I went with a double header. So I was speaking in Declan's class, you know, and that's three hours. And then Paul Swangard says, Hey, how about speaking in my class before? So I was like, All right, I'll go double header. So, right. uh, five hours. That was a long time, but, uh, it went by quickly because it was, it was engaging. All right, coming up next, we've got Doug Lauder, Senior Vice President with Boingo Wireless. We'll talk about our partnership, but we'll also talk about some of the latest new sports technologies. And then Jason Raleigh, the president of the NBA's Phoenix Suns. I'm Brian Berger. He's Brian Griggs. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash
0: SBRadio. Powered by Postano. welcome
4: Hi, it's Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio, but also the founder and CEO of the exclusive Sports PR Summit. The Sports PR Summit is an annual event bringing together senior PR executives from the sports world, national media members, and pro athletes for a full day of panel discussion, featured conversations, and face-to-face networking in New York City. Past speakers have included ESPN reporter Jeremy Schapp, Sports Illustrated executive editor John Wartime, former NFL veterans Tiki Barber and Derek Mason, NBA senior VP of PR, Mike Bass, and other top PR minds from across the sports world. The 2016 Sports PR Summit will take place on Tuesday, May 17th, at the Players' Tribune, which is a new digital media platform created and curated by some of the world's top athletes and founded by former Yankees great Derek Jeter. The Sports PR Summit is an invite-only event limited to 125 attendees. If you're a senior sports PR executive, and you'd like to be invited to the 2016 Sports PR Summit at the Players' Tribune in New York City, get in touch with us via the Sports PR Summit website at sportsprsummit.com. That's sportsprsummit.com. Follow the Sports PR Summit on Twitter and Instagram at sportsprsummit and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash sportsprsummit. I hope to see you at the 2016 Sports PR Summit on May 17th at the Players' Tribune in New York City. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is Doug Lauder. He is the Senior Vice President of Boingo Wireless. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Lauder. That is Doug L-O-D-D-E-R. And you can find Boingo on Twitter at Boingo very excited to announce, as you may have seen this week on our social media platforms, that Boingo is the title sponsor of the 2016 Sports Business Radio Roadshow, where we take our conversations with key decision makers from the world of sports on the road to college campuses. And Boingo was involved with us at USC in November when we were there with Jeannie Bus. Doug, welcome back to Sports Business Radio, and thanks so much for this partnership.
2: Thanks, Brian. It's good to be here. Thanks for having us.
4: So, what are you looking forward to the most about this partnership? Uh, you know, I guess let me get your dream list. If there were some people that that we could uh, take our show on the road and interview, who's on your list?
2: Oh man, who's on my dream list? Well, you know, having grown up in San Francisco in the Bay Area, growing up a Forty er fan, I'd probably put some of the old time Forty ers on the on the guest list. Maybe Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, uh, some of those guys. Maybe some of the old Oakland A's, Mark McGuire. Uh, despite the uh the, uh, 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 you know, bad juju around him. I think Jose Canseco, same thing. Uh, you know, all, all the old guys from the 80s and 90s in the Bay Area would probably be on my list.
4: Look at that. You're old school Bay Area. And those are all very recognizable names. So who knows? Maybe we'll get something done, uh, <laughs> and take the road show to the Bay Area and, and go back in time and talk to some of those folks that you just mentioned. What about sports business in 2016? We're, we're underway. Here we are. Uh, you know, almost in March now. What are some things that you're seeing in sports business that you're paying attention to?
2: Yeah, so, you know, at Boingo, we, we do a lot with the fan experience, and we work with a lot of our partners on improving the game day experience from a technology standpoint, digital standpoint, and it's really interesting the conversations that we're having both with our current and potential partners around the fan focus and it being the year of the fan and really trying to drive... A better fan experience. I think the lines have been drawn. The competition is, you know, the couch versus the stadium. And a lot of our partners are really focused on not just, you know, getting technology into their hands, but also optimizing it, using it, customizing it, and constantly trying to innovate and improve upon it. And so it's great. Every year, uh, we sit down with our partners, we review how the season went, what they liked, what they didn't, and just constant push to get it better, faster, more customized, more innovative. Uh we're constantly being pushed, we're constantly pushing back. And so just this constant drive to make the fan experience better uh is what's most exciting for us.
4: Well and you've done that at Phillips Arena, Soldier Field, the University of Arizona's Arizona Stadium, Pinnacle Bank Arena, uh many, many venues around the country, sports venues, use Boingo and um, you know, I saw an interesting stat this week. Check this out. You probably already knew this. It really struck me. So the millennials, kind of the 18 to 24, the average millennial looks at their mobile device 75 times per day. That really struck me.
2: Yeah. And, and imagine what happens at a football game. Right. After the six seconds of action followed by two minutes of downtime. Uh, I would say they probably check their phones <laughs> 75 times per quarter. <laughs> so there's 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 a lot of opportunities to connect with fans at games, uh, whether it's baseball or basketball or football, even soccer, which you know doesn't really have breaks other than the halftime break. There there's still a lot of opportunities because you know the action isn't constant, it's not consistent, and you know that's the behavior that young. People do. They they instantly when they're bored go for their phone, or they're instantly when they're looking to get stimulated go to their phone, and you know it's a challenge because it's not always easy to to create an environment that that em- embraces it. But it's also a massive opportunity because as these stadiums have done a really great job of monetizing every piece of real estate, what from the outfield wall to the billboards to the tequila stand, uh, what they haven't done a great job is monetizing the digital real estate that exists in everyone's pocket and everyone's hand. Uh, and, and I think that's where the opportunity lies.
4: How do people do that better?
2: Well, I think it's, it's creating strategies that allow the guest not only to connect to what they're trying to connect to, but also to work with brands and partners that want to activate, uh, with that fan, right? So these are young, uh, technology savvy fans that are reaching for their cell phones during the game and there's opportunities if 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 done correctly to create an experience to create um, you know and a, a a branded piece of content that allows the 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 sponsorship to conne- or the sponsor to connect with that fan and I think really clever savvy teams are are are, are doing that uh, both through sponsorships of networks sponsorships of of, of applications um, loyalty programs etc.
4: So are there any new technologies. I know I asked you this last time you were on, like if you look in your crystal ball and you say six months, even a year from now, here's what fans are going to see coming down the pipe as they engage around sports events at venues. Can you give us any kind of a hint as to what those might look like?
2: Yeah, gosh, that's a great question. So I think there's there's a constant push amongst most teams, stadiums, arenas, to make the experience 100% digital. So from the parking to ticketing, to mm. having as you're walking through the venue, everything with the exception of going to the bathroom should be done on your smartphone, um, ordering your food, drinking your beer. I mean, everything should be done digitally so that you never really have to put the phone down and you never have to think twice about what is the next you know, activity? What's the next action that you're going to take? Um, and, that will manifest itself in, in a variety of different ways, um, but I think that's really what the push is, is how do you create this 100% digital experience that allows uh, fans to really uh, enjoy the experience in a more uh, functional way than they would at home. Um, the other thing that's, that's really interesting is um, you know, what is going to happen with virtual reality. I think that's kind of a new technology that's really starting to emerge as, as something that the sports teams are trying to wrap their arms around. Uh, we haven't seen it deployed in the stadium yet or kind of what the function will be in the stadium. Uh, but if I'm looking out three to five years, I think there's a lot of teams starting to gather, you know, the pieces of what the virtual reality strategy will be.
4: Well, which is... All the reason why the wireless connectivity that Boeing Go provides is even more important. And I've seen, you know, just this week, uh, teams and leagues moving away from paper tickets, hard tickets. Everything is going digital, as you said. And if it's going to all go digital, that wireless connectivity is, is vital.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, it's vital, not just for the fan experience, but when you start to go digital 100% and the tickets, and all the experiences driven through a mobile application through a web browser whatever the case may be the the analytics that you can drive off the behavior becomes so much more powerful and the decisions that teams can make about what to charge for 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 drinks for food for tickets to promote upgrades to drive um, you know better smarter uh, resource allocation internally at the stadium there's just so much much information that can be gleaned and so much intelligence that can be gathered from from having a you know really good digital experience that a lot of people partake in. And so I think it's 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 not just the front end game day experience but it's also the back end and what the teams can do with the information they glean from the networks after they're in place.
4: Yeah the loyalty element is really interesting because you look at like the airlines and you look at the hotels and they do a great job with their loyalty programs and I've got the apps on my phone. But the sports loyalty programs, I feel like they're still not in their infancy, but they're still growing and they're still trying to learn how to do it as well as some of the airlines and the hotel chains do it. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I would completely agree. And, and I would go even further to say that um, there are some teams, uh, not necessarily here in the U.S., but overseas who use loyalty uh, in a meaningful way. There's a few of the teams in the English Premier League that use loyalty to allow the most loyal fans to get the access to the best tickets. Uh, and the most loyal fans get access to the team and special events. And I think, you know, there's a lot that we can learn here in the U.S. from what they're doing overseas. And I think once you start to get better data on the most loyal customers, you can almost create loyalty programs without creating any loyalty programs. You can have the program on the back end and you can serve offers up to people because you know that they're loyal without even them having to enter into a loyalty program. Uh, so I think there's, there's a lot coming in that front. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of conversation happening, but I, I think it'll be a few years before you really start to see it fly.
4: Well, Doug, I am very much looking forward to our partnership with Boingo on the 2016 Sports Business Radio Road Shows. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Lauder. That's Doug L O D D E R. You can follow Boingo at Boingo. And uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And you guys are really smart. I enjoy our conversations on this show. I think you're going to make this a smarter show. It's going to be a great partnership on the college campuses and venues that we take our show to. And we know that we're going to have top-notch guests at the show. And you know, one of the things that you saw at USC that I really enjoy is I enjoy going to the college campuses and interacting with the college students, the faculty, the alums, there's just a lot of energy on those campuses, and I know how appreciative they are when someone like Jeannie Buss or Derek Hall or Baron Davis sits down with them. I remember when I was in college, when those people came and sat down, your ears perk up and you pay close attention to those chats.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very powerful medium. Uh, it's a great format. It's great to see the passion in the young fans, and uh, it's great to see... It's 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 a lot of young students that want to work in the world of sports and there's you know there's a lot of love there so it's it's a lot of fun.
4: Doug, I look forward to our next conversation. Good luck with everything coming up. You are listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. And she says, I wish that I could
4: Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Pastano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, L.A. Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Pastano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website. Pastano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pastano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pastano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pastano.com sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com.
0: Bringing you up to speed on the latest breakthroughs in the world of sports. Let's enter the technology lab. My guest is
4: Jason Rowley. He is the president of the Phoenix Suns. You can find him on Twitter at Jason Rowley Sons Some of you may not know, but I'm a native Phoenician born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, so I've always been a big fan of the Suns. Jason, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio.
3: Brian, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having
4: me. So let's start with your path to the presidency of the Phoenix Suns. You've got an interesting road that you've taken. After you graduated from the University of Arizona in 1994, you joined the new the U.S. Navy, and you worked as an intelligence analyst. How do you go from that to... I know you're a lawyer and then president of the Phoenix Suns, not kind of the path that a lot of people take.
3: No, you're right. Um, you know, a lot of people who are in, in my position, they started, you know, their dream was to work for a pro sports team and, um, you know, maybe were a sports management major in, in college or, or even got an MBA in sports management and kind of followed that path. Um, but real candidly, I, I never really envisioned myself leading a professional sports team, um, my kind of the way I bounced around is I always wanted to be in the military, um, and so I did do that after after college, and really did enjoy that that experience. It was you know, a great great growth experience for me, and obviously serving your country is something that I'm I'm very proud of, and and still have a pretty strong connection to the the veteran community. Um, but my plan was always to get out of the military and go back to law school, and at some point become a a corporate lawyer, which is what I ended up doing, and then even more long term. And I think part of this was the fact that I, I grew up in a family um, where my dad was an entrepreneur and my grandfather was a, a business owner himself. And so I was always kind of programmed that someday I wanted to run my own business or run a business. Um, and I wasn't candidly all that picky about what the, the industry was when I was younger. It was more a function of, hey, I, you know, I know that I'm kind of, I'm kind of born and bred to, to run a company. And so that's what I want to do someday. Um, to me, being a corporate lawyer, Kind of fit better with my personality and my my kind of my skill sets rather than getting an MBA, and so I took that route. But my ultimate goal was always to end up moving into a a business role, and for me it just so happened that I I was fortunate enough when I was working as a corporate attorney at a a, a big firm here in Phoenix um, to represent Robert Sarver when he bought the team when he bought the Phoenix Suns from Jerry Colangelo back in 2004, and so. That was my first um, exposure to the professional sports world. I worked on that transaction um, for Robert, and a couple years after that, I was hired onto the general counsel as the in-house counsel for the Sons and obviously that was a, a great and tremendous opportunity, um, and one that I, I certainly wasn't going to pass up when the opportunity came my way, and then served in that capacity for about four, four and a half years, and, um, and after that was fortunate enough to have proven myself to Robert and uh, got hired up and promoted up to to the president's role, and then I've been doing that. This is going in my fourth season. So, obviously, uh, like you said, not a not the direct path that a lot of a lot of individuals take to end up to where I've ended up. But um, certainly have enjoyed the the journey and have worked with a lot of great people along the way, and and certainly feel very fortunate to to be where I'm at now.
4: So, running a sports team like the Suns. Again, this wasn't what you originally set out to do. What's been one of the biggest surprises, whether it's a pleasant surprise or you know something you didn't expect since you've become President of the suns
3: sure um it's a it's a great question, Brian. And, and really more than anything it's 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 a pleasant surprise, and it's also one of the more challenging things about being in this business is that um, you're you're working for. An entity, and you're leading an entity, um, an organization that ultimately is owned by the community, and and people are highly, highly passionate about. You can you can be in a lot of businesses and be very successful, and and be in a business that people, at the end of the day, they might use the product or or enjoy the product or buy the product or the service, but they don't really care about it to the same extent that people care about their professional sports hmm. franchises. They It's something that, that is truly, I say this all the time, we're, yes, we're owned by an ownership group economically, but from a, from an ownership standpoint, the community really owns us. We are a community asset, and if we're not living up to what the expectations of the community are, then we're not going to be successful. And so, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, um, because you, you obviously love having that deep level of support, but at the same time, um, People are much more critical about what your organization is doing, how they're conducting themselves, the decisions that are made. And so, you know, with that that high level of, of of affinity comes a high level of criticism as well. And and I'm I'm more than happy to take the criticism. The hardest thing about it is for your your kind of your rank and file employees who are also big fans and big supporters of the organization, you know, when, when the team maybe isn't performing at the level you'd like it to be at. Um you potentially have you know, people out in the community who who will say to to an employee, hey, you know, those sons are are doing terribly this year. Well, that employee takes it very personally and, and a lot of people don't recognize that. And so keeping keeping your employees positive when things aren't going to where you'd like them to be. And and candidly that's kind of where we're at this year. Um, you know, and, and always knowing that things are cyclical in this business and that there are victories that you can have Within the organization, and um, you know, uh, always trying to put a positive spin on things and a positive put things in a positive light.
4: Well, we'll talk about some of the great business stuff that you're doing in a moment. But you know, again, I'm from Phoenix, and I know Derek Hall from the Diamondbacks pretty well. I know Michael Bidwell from the Cardinals a little bit, and. You know, One of the things I've paid close attention to is the deep level of commitment that the Suns, the Diamondbacks, and the Cardinals have to the Phoenix community. There's a lot of communities where you can't find one team that has a deep level of community obligation. And the three teams in Phoenix really, I think, do a great job of reaching out and giving back to the community.
3: I agree with that wholeheartedly, and um, I would give props to the other teams as well. You're exactly right for doing that because – Each team does a good job reaching out, acknowledging the fact, and and look, the fact that you're from Phoenix, you know it, Brian, this is a, this is a, a community that has a lot of transplants. And so those transplants come here with different allegiances to different teams. And if we're not out there being proactive and giving back to the community and getting our brand out there and doing it in an authentic way, it's, I mean, it's, we enjoy giving back to the community, and I believe that I know Derek very well, also, and know that that, that team and, and the Cardinals as well, they really mean it when they are giving back to the community, and so, so do we. But you have to do that in this, in, this, in this city because there are so many people that bring, um, you know, they show up from Philadelphia or New York or Chicago, and they have their allegiances, and we need, to, we need to win those fans over. And part of the way you do that is giving back to the community and showing the community that you really care.
4: My guest is Jason Rowley. He is the president of the Phoenix Suns. You can find him on Twitter at Jason Rowley. That's R O W L E Y Suns. Jason Rowley Suns. All right. So, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, sometimes the business side and the basketball side don't go hand in hand as far as success, but I think you guys are doing some amazing things on the business end, the corporate end of the Phoenix Suns. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is you guys are the first team that's doing data inclusive ticket plan and you know essentially what it is is you're offering free mobile data to people who buy tickets to see the Phoenix Suns play you've partnered with Verizon on this and when Verizon customer or when people buy a ticket to a game they can earn up to 11 gigabytes of data to a game so Jason the stat I saw this week millennials 18 to 24 years old the average millennial looks at their phone 75 times per day Right. And so when I saw what you guys are doing, I'm like, this is brilliant because that is the currency of many fans now is data.
3: That, that's exactly right. Look, promotions and incentives to get people to to buy tickets is nothing new in the sports world. Every every team does it at some level. The difference um, with this one is that we have real and part, in partnership with Verizon, who have been great partners of ours for, for a long, long time, and particularly in the technology field, what has really driven this is that for 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 some period of time people were concerned in the sports business that the mobile device would be uh, would not be additive to the game but the reality is it, it it is additive to the game people are watching the game and watching their device they're watching two screens or three screens even at home and that's even more true for the for the millennials there's no question about it so we realized that you know what what is it that millennials and what is it that other mobile users really need that can drive ticket sales as well, and we can tie into into a promotion that can work both inside and outside of the arena. And what more um, would make more sense than that than giving people the data that they're utilizing to look at our our replays and to check stats on our games and to watch streaming video of our games or, or highlights? It just it was almost like kind of an epiphany of this makes the most sense of anything every promotion we've ever done <laughs> relative to, to the, the world we're living in today right and and, it, and, and uh, you know Verizon was obviously very much on board and driving it as well and being able to, to act as that that first platform for Verizon to, to do this was a great honor for us and we're you know we're really excited about it
4: well, it really transcends just the game experience as well. I mean, this is data you can use outside of the arena, outside of the sporting event. So it, it is with you. It's a benefit that you have whether you're attending the game or not.
3: That's right. Exactly. You can utilize it in the game. You can utilize it outside of the game. Um, you can gift it, which is another kind of a neat component of it is when you when you sign up and purchase your tickets, you could actually, if you're not even a Verizon customer, but you're buying under that promotion, you could actually gift the data to to a brother or, or a, a, a child or a friend who is a Verizon customer it's really a you know very unique way of doing it and and, um, and creates a level of flexibility and and again true utility for the individual who is who is buying the game ticket and getting the data added onto the front of their of their um, of their program
4: so the way to find out more about this is go to sonscom backslash verizon sonscom backslash Verizon few other things that you guys are doing, really innovative, in, in my opinion. One, and I think every sports team should be doing this at this point, you have the At Suns Lounge. So it's a social media lounge where fans can go and engage with each other during the game. They can use social media tools. I think it's brilliant. I think it drives up the conversation on social. And uh, maybe you can talk about that effort a little bit and how you came up with uh, that idea.
3: Sure, we have a we have a, a really um, really innovative digital team and and some some folks in our organization who are you know they're they're thinking about how to connect with fans on a social basis because again that is like data is really the currency of millennials um, you know the social the social setting of the, the the social media is really the the conversation pipeline for millennials as well and so uh, how could we as an organization tap into that we we obviously have a, a great building with. Talking Stick Resort Arena, and there's some space um, that was well, is on our B-level lounge, which is now the F and Lounge. Um, part of that, we took a component of that, put up some really nice screens, put up um, some some really dedicated areas where during the game we can activate it, sending up dancers, sending up the gorilla, sending up um, some of our staff that really are are in tune with how to connect with our fan base on the social basis. And utilize that as a platform for, for driving that higher level of engagement. And we've gotten some, some great response from it so far. It's really a way to, to bring people again who aren't at the game potentially, but they're following us and they're paying attention to what's happening at the game to really involve them in the experience. And, um, you know, it's been something that we've, we're really proud of and, and we're going to continue to build on that platform.
4: Well, I've gotten to know Jeremy McPeak over the years. And, you know, I work with a lot of different sports teams, different leagues. And I'll tell you, I think Jeremy is as good as it gets in the digital realm. So you guys are very, very fortunate to have him on your team. Something else you're doing, uh, 15 seconds of fame. So you're the first NBA team to partner with them. And I think this is really cool. So it's an app company, and it captures video of your fans in arena during the games. Then it delivers the video to their smartphone where they can share that across social media. That, I think, again, it allows your fans to engage with each other, whether they're in the arena or they want to send it to someone who's outside the arena. It's just a great idea.
3: Yeah. Again, this is an example of how the organization has really – you know, tried to be at the forefront of utilizing technology in ways that that engage our fans, and and again, Verizon's been a, a huge piece of that uh, in a, in a variety of ways for us over the years. Fifteen Seconds of Fame again is a, is another example of it. We're very proud of of being the first ones to really do that in the NBA, and it's just again, you know, you see your your face up on the screen uh, during a, a you know the kiss cam or the dance cam or whatever it might be, or or other video getting captured throughout the game, and you're able to capture moments and memories and have it transferred right there to your phone and then share it across your social channels. It's it's um, it's highly innovative. Um, it's one of those things that you you kind of look at it and you say, boy, that that really makes sense. Why didn't somebody think of, of doing this beforehand? And um, and we've gotten great feedback on that as well. And it's just again another way of enhancing the experience for people.
4: Well, and I used to work for the Portland Trailblazers and you know, one of the things I'll say is when I visit a lot of NBA arenas, I kinda of felt like for a while there everyone was doing the same stuff. So right. to see this kind of innovation and creativity around the in game experience, that's what's gonna get people off the couches in coming to the venue to engage at the game. So I think it's it's really smart stuff you're doing.
3: Well I appreciate it, Brian.
4: Talk about that just a little bit, too. I mean, we've we've mentioned these things, but, you know, overall, as the president of an NBA team, that is a challenge. People are looking at their money more so their disposable income more than they ever have. You know, you've got a great home experience because of digital TVs and flat screen TVs and streaming video. How do you get people to the venue in addition to the things that we've talked about here today?
3: Well, I will tell you, Um I am. Certainly not would not disparage the other other sports because i am i 'm a big football fan i 'm a big baseball fan um, but I will say one thing about basketball in particular as it relates to to the um, the the inherent kind of competition you have with yourself in this business between wanting people to watch your broadcast um, and watch your games on television or show up at the arena and watch the game in person the The fact is basketball because of it's very nature um, in terms of it being a smaller arena, smaller setting, you know, 18,000 to 20,000 people as compared to 70,000 or a hundred thousand, um, a shorter game window and a faster pace of play where you're able to have a higher level of in-game activation. It Actually, in my view gives us a little bit of a competitive advantage in terms of getting people to actually come out and attend the games. And I think the attendance overall in the NBA has continued to rise. Obviously, you know, it's a it's a static number that at a certain point you you would end up with 100 percent attendance, which you'll never get to. But consistently, the NBA has increased its annual attendance in games. And I think a lot of it does have to do with that fact that, you know, yes, it's a great viewing experience at home. We, we all deliver great broadcasts um, across the league, I think. But there's nothing quite like being in the actual arena for a basketball game, an NBA basketball game, hearing the you know the, the squeak of the, the shoes and then all the things that we're able to do during our timeouts during our times, during our, our TV breaks um, to really continue to to engage the fans and and really provide a, a different level of entertainment that you just you're just not going to get at home and that you really can't do in a larger stadium setting um, you know the, the the dance routines and the the, the dunk squad and the, the mascots you can see you can follow the, the the gorilla walking and running across all over parts of the arena and you can see him no matter where you're sitting in the arena so it's it's just a more intimate feel and it gives the 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 person attending the game much more of a feeling of participating in the action than than just necessarily sitting back and and watching it
4: no i agree and and i'm biased towards the nba too because i worked for the nba as well so I think the fact that the players are so close to you, they don't wear helmets or hats. You can see their faces. You seem right. to be able to relate with them a little bit more in their expressions. And gosh, if you sit anywhere around the court, the conversations that you hear and just, you know, it, the game has a different feel to it than any other sport. So I think that is an inherent advantage. I want to ask you one more question. So. You know, I grew up in Phoenix. Uh, I actually was very – I went to Al McCoy Broadcaster Camp at Arizona State long ago. <laughs> I went to John McCloud Basketball Camp growing up. I used to go to Suns practices. When I was in grade school, I played on the court at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. I still have fond memories of getting to play on the Suns court when I was a kid. You guys do a great job, I think, of – relating to your past, whether it's, you know, the original son, Dick Van Arsdale or Al McCoy or, you know, some of the people who are the people who really were the foundation for the Phoenix Suns organization. Maybe you can end on that. Why it's important to not lose touch with the people who are the lifeblood, who kind of gave your organization that original start.
3: Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I I always say this, being being a fan has has really three three pieces of the, the, the fan pie. And that's uh, one-third of it is is the, is the team's history and heritage. One-third of it is what's happening right now with the organization. And one-third of it is what's going to happen in the future. And, and we, as an organization, need to capture all three of those pieces. And so, obviously, your legacy and your place within the community and the organization's place in the community – is absolutely critical to keep those, those ties. And as a matter of fact, um, our, our campaign for this year, which is we are PHX really looked to, to redevelop and enhance and continue to capture that connection with the fan base here. And we are the original franchise for the Phoenix market. We're, we're going to be celebrating our 50th anniversary in two seasons. Wow. Um, and so,
4: 50 yeah, years. Oh
3: my so God. That's, that's right. And that's a lot of great heritage. We actually did our, our, um, our, our preseason scrimmage we had back at, you mentioned Veteran Memorial Col- Coliseum, we the Madhouse, we had our, our uh, um, preseason scrimmage there this year, had about 10,000 people show up for it, brought back a lot of our great legends to, 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 to do an on-court presentation. Um, it was really a phenomenal event and, and brought back a lot of great memories.
4: Well, Jason, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. You can find Jason on Twitter at Jason Rowley Sons. Go to suns.com for all the great information that, uh, they're putting out. And again, if you want information on the suns partnership with Verizon, which I think is really clever, it's as clever as anything I've seen in a long time. Go to suns.com backslash Verizon. Jason, I hope to uh, meet you in person one of these days and, uh, good luck the rest of the season.
3: Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. You're listening to Sports
5: Business Radio. We'll be right back.
0: This is SBR. More after this.
5: Hello, everyone. Mark King here, president of Adidas Group North America. One of the most inspiring parts of my job is the conversations I have every day with extraordinary people who are shaping the sports landscape. I talk to athletes, league executives, athletic directors, and agents, and now I'm bringing these conversations to you through my new podcast series, Extraordinary Happens, Competing in Sports, Business, and Life. This series dives deeper into what inspires the people who are leading change in sport, both on and off the field. I want to know what makes them tick and uncover how they're challenging convention to make extraordinary things happen for their teams, their businesses, and themselves. And I want to share those stories and insights with you. Tune in to my bi-weekly episodes of Extraordinary Happens on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, get out there, challenge each other, lead change, and make extraordinary happen.
0: This is Sports Business Radio.
4: We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks to our guest, Doug Lauder from Boingo and thanks to Jason Rowley from the Phoenix Suns. Enjoyed my conversations with both of them. Again, we're excited to remind you that the 2016 Sports PR Summit presented by the Players' Tribune will take place on Tuesday, May 17th at the Players' Tribune headquarters in New York City to receive an invite to this exclusive event for 125 senior sports PR executives from across the sports world. Get in touch with us at sportsprsummit.com. We announced Jeff Gordon, NASCAR legend, is our afternoon featured conversation. Our morning featured conversation is with Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. We have our best lineup yet, so we've got a few spots left. If you want to attend the event, get in touch with us at sportsprsummit.com. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs. Josh Blank, and Doug Zanger. Thanks to our friends at Bastano for powering Sports Business Radio. Follow them online at Bastano.com or on Twitter at Bastano. Thanks again to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Excited to make that announcement this week. Follow them online at Boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Just go to iTunes. Type in sports business radio. We're rated as one of the top 100 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on tune in radio, stitcher and audio boom. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB radio. Our Twitter feed was named of the top 50 sports business must follows on Twitter by Forbes for 2015. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon right here on sports business. Radio.